Hey, this is Candy, the final girl, the hostess of the House That Screams Horror podcast. And I'm here to talk to you about Paul Bearer Press, who has been so awesome to us. And we wear their gear all the time. Um, you can go to my Instagram at Candy Final Girl to see some of the most amazing stuff that I've gotten from them. But just head to PaulBearerPress.com today and explore a catacomb of horrors. Where classics such as Suspiria, The Evil Dead, Maniac, Return of the Living Dead, and so much more. Don't miss out on your chance to live your nightmares. Become a creature of the night with Paul Bearer Press. And here's a treat for you. Our loyal followers and listeners, use the promo code HOUSESCREAM10. That's H-O-U-S-E-S-C-R-E-A-M-1-0. At the checkout, and you'll get an extra 10% off all apparel. Some restrictions may apply, such as a sale or anything like that that's going on. But otherwise, get in there, get yourself something amazing, and tag me in your post. Thanks a lot. It's a bad acid trip performed by village idiots and was a complete waste of my fucking time. <laughs> Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. Welcome back to The House That Screams. I am Shaun of the Dead, and tonight we are talking about the 1977 Japanese horror comedy Houseu, or House, as it's known in the States. Tonight we have Crystal. You're so cool, Kung Fu. <laughs> we have David. Ah, bananas. Bananas everywhere. <laughs> And we have Erica. Oh my, so naughty. <laughs> and tonight, um, this was unsurprisingly uh, Erica's pick, <laughs> even though she didn't really remember that she picked it. Um, I but don't all, remember picking it, but I all, believe it. All signs point to yes. Um, so <laughs> she gets to start off tonight. Oh man. Okay, so um, I I know I saw, saw this I don't know when it first hit DVD, well over 
10 years ago. And I, I think I got it through uh, the now defunct Netflix DVD rental service. I uh, found a lot of really cool foreign films that way. Um, and I, I just heard like, oh, this is this is a masterpiece. You need to see this. Like, and cover art look cool. So yeah, I rid of that. And I have to say, it was a mesmerizing, uh, if confusing film. It's uh, <laughs> this kind of surreal combination of genres and visual styles and um, somehow manages to be campy, but also eerie and creepy at the same time. So um, I've revisited this movie multiple times since that initial viewing. Uh, in some, uh, sometimes with the help of some edibles, you could say, uh, <laughs> in an attempt to understand what the fuck is going on with this movie. Um, and uh, I, I have to say that I, with repeat viewings, it does make more and more sense each time. And I've also noticed some some similarities with uh, tropes with other films and horror novels that I love, like the Thai film Sick Nurses, which I'm sure I'll bring up that comparison later, and also the the novel Burnt Offerings, which was also a film later. So yeah. um, I will leave. Oh, I've that forgotten. Up. I've forgotten all about that film. Yeah, I, no. I say the novel is better than the film, but um, the I film, the film is a very pretty strange. faithful. So, um, yeah, as a child of the 80s, there's only one house that I was familiar with, and yeah. we've, we've covered that one already. This ain't it. And this ain't it. Um, I did hear about this um, a handful of times, probably just in the last couple of years. Um, there have been a couple of documentaries we watched where it was mentioned or, you know, it somehow popped up and I'd see little clips of it here and there. And so when I, when Candy told me this was on the, the uh, schedule, I was, you know, I'm kind of like, you know, intrigued. Like I, I want to see this. I love a lot of, of Japanese films. And so I thought, you know, this, this will be interesting. You know, we've, we've, I watched the ring, I've watched the grudge and then to go back and watch the Japanese versions, um, and pulse and you know all these one missed call you know things like that like like the japanese do horror so differently than what we do here in the states so i was really looking yeah. forward to it so last night uh, was the first time I, I watched it and one of the very first things i see on the screen is the criterion collection and i'm like oh shit okay uh -oh. this this is gonna be some fucking quality stuff right <laughs> And boy, did I have my mind fucking blown last night. <laughs> like I, I went into this fully unprepared, um, knew just the bare minimum, most basic understanding of what this film was about. And like, I, I, after the movie was over, I felt like I needed to dose myself just to level out. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, I mean, it was, it was a ride and, you know, we'll get into it, but I will say this, it wasn't a thoroughly unenjoyable ride. And I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Uh, Dave, Crystal. Okay. You want me to go ahead? Sure. Uh, I first saw this, I think in middle school um, and remember liking it and laughing at it and kind of having fun with it. And then I think I saw it 
maybe one more time before I graduated high school. And that was the last time I'd seen it. Um, so last night we watched it. And just like you, Sean, it was Dave's first viewing <laughs> of this movie. But the thing is, you had some idea of what was going on. I just told him, oh, it's great. You're going to love it. It's different. And I left it at that. <laughs> it's got a cat in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> normally he'll look stuff up he didn't even look anything up. no i wanted to yeah completely blind he went completely blind into this movie (laughs) um and i just even as a middle schooler i remember thinking why the fuck is this child's name gorgeous right (laughs) you know what but um i liked it I, I like it now. It, it's different. It's surreal. Um, there's some cartoony aspects in it. Um, it, it you know, some, they've got AstroTurf lawn. Yeah. Why, <laughs> why would you not want that? It's the Brady Bunch's yard. Low maintenance. Yeah. Um, there, there's some, some odd things that I have questions about later. <laughs> Definitely. But, <laughs> some. Some odd things, just a couple, um, but I don't know where else you're you're going to get to see a yeeted cat. Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, pretty much any day over here in this house. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. So sometimes when we're going to cover a, a more obscure film, we have to like you have to like either find it on YouTube or they're a little harder to find. And once mm-hmm. in a while, we've experienced where we start watching it. And we think, and it's the wrong film. We think, you know, it's a, and about 10 minutes in, I go, like, oh, is this the film we're supposed to be watching? I'm still not convinced <laughs> that what we watched last night is the film we're covering. It, yes, <laughs> it is. I uh, need to break that to you. We I'm watched it. Sure. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny because I said the same thing to Candy last night. We were, about, right 10, we were about 10 minutes in, and I'm like, did we somehow click on the wrong movie? And she's like, no, 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 this is it. And I'm like, okay, so, so, so this is just like a dream sequence at the beginning, right? (laughs) No, no. (laughs) Although uh, after uh, reading about it uh, and reading that the director got his start in commercials, that actually, that actually does make a lot more sense when you watch the film. A lot of it does feel like uh, you can see that a a guy who got his start. And I think most of his, did he direct a whole lot of other films after this? He directed yeah, he has a long, long mm. ass career of directing. But that. a lot of it does feel like a commercial. You can get. You, I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just the way it's filmed, like yeah, the girls stepping down the. Yeah. Yeah, stylish get, and like stylized, yeah. artificial. Um, yeah, it, it's a. Yeah, it is a visual experience. But yeah, we can. Now, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, and no, I just the, the the part where my brain broke is when Max. Head comes out of the bell and bites yes. the girl on the butt. I, I yes. Think that was, I looked over because I'm like, I have this experience with certain bands. Dave Matthews and Radiohead come to mind. <laughs> yeah. These are bands that I, that, I'm, that I think I'm supposed to like, like because of, of, I'm, I'm a, a male of a certain age, and I just don't fucking get it. And that's yeah. like, I, like you, I've read online that people talk about the solo. Oh, it's brilliant. It's like, is it? Or is, is, I just don't. I guess it's just me. <laughs> so I had this. I, I decided I wanted to get into Radiohead because I had read that Patton Oswalt really likes Radiohead, and I thought, okay, I love Patton Oswalt. If he likes radio, and after about listening to five songs, I'm like, I fucking hate Radiohead, <laughs> and you're clinically depressed, except for yeah. Creep. 
Yeah. Except for free. Yeah. Same thing with Dave Matthews. The only the ants marching is the only song I can fucking stomach. Yeah. Now I will say Candy turned me on because I'm not I'm not a huge and she'd kill me if she heard me. So I gotta make sure I <laughs> speak a little low. Um, I am not a big fan of Radiohead, but one of their songs, No Surprises, super depressing, very slow, sad song. But it is, I, I think it's a brilliant song. And the video just for described it, every Radiohead song. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But but the video for it's brilliant. But I'm with you on Dave Matthews band. Like, I cannot and, fucking and, stand and, you know, Dave and Matthews. And people who are really into Dave Matthews, you seem like they're really hip, like in a Mentos commercial. Right. You know, and it's just not, it's just, a, yeah. And that's what my experience with this film, reading about it, people, oh, it's brilliant. I, you, on YouTube, there was a documentary about it. And you have all these directors mm-hmm. saying, oh, this was inspirational. I was like, okay. Well, I would I would not be surprised after watching this film. I would not be surprised if somebody came up to me on the street and said, hey, do you want to know a secret? Sam Raimi watched that movie and got all his inspiration for Evil Dead 2 from that movie because the whole time we're watching that movie and I'm like, I'm seeing things in that movie that I could totally see Bruce Campbell doing, <laughs> you know, like a severed head biting him on the ass or... yeah. You know, like like I think about the scene in in the first Evil Dead where like all the body parts where, where her head rolls off and she's dancing headless and then the head, you know, rolls up her arms and all that stuff. And I'm picturing the scene with the piano and all the body parts are kind of dancing around playing the piano and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And, and also the fact that the special effects are so deliberately incompetent is like right. another thing that made me think of evil dead too or it's yeah like- and, and the thing is too that this movie a- after reading about it and thinking about it there are some themes in this that are pretty deep uh you know surviving mm-hmm. the, the the nuclear the atomic bombings and that sort mm-hmm. of thing you know you, the, her the aunt's boyfriend fiance i guess going off to war and not coming back fairly deep mm-hmm. uh, impactful themes of, uh, and, and the whole the fact that she's bitter that these girls never had to experience loss on that level you know these kids today don't know what it was like kind of thing it, it, it does make more sense yeah but boy the package it's wrapped up in wow <laughs> and i get wow. the, I, I get the commercial aspect because it there were a couple of scenes in the beginning where the the two girls um gorgeous and fantasy i think was the yeah. other one and they're yeah. and they're like like skipping down the steps and i'm like this is a fucking double mint commercial like it's yeah like and it even had the like the the white the the the, the irish yeah. irising mm-hmm. that it looks like a commercial but you know makes more sense now yeah this would have like, been a film that i think it would have been better if i had read up on it before i watched it eh, right yeah, going fine. um no but Ob- obayashi uh, the director wanted these special effects to look unrealistic and like a child created a and he he succeeded yeah, <laughs> yeah well, he did. i remember reading something like i think wasn't it his child that kind of gave him the inspiration yeah for this in the first old, place his daughter 12 or 13 um she had a fear that the mirror was going to eat her <laughs> wow you know, i thought stupid shit like that too yeah but i mean right. she has it right yeah yeah coming up with some of the ideas or a lot of the ideas yeah that's and and you know i mean we just covered lamb last week and that whole movie was based on a dream and now you've got this movie who's based on you know a 12 year old's you know dream and you talk about fucking surreal like there there were some things about it though that that i really did like like the way that they the obvious use of of like the matte paintings 
for like mm-hmm. the the background like yeah reminded i told candy there was one scene where she's standing out and and the orange sky with the clouds and i'm like that looks straight out of gone with the wind like right yeah i also like how at times they subvert that that stylistic choice by having them stand in front of that kind of backdrop and then they reveal it is a backdrop like it's just something at the train station right and then they step away from it and it's just like you know regular background that you would see in the real world like i thought right. that was touch yeah yeah the, the one that got me was where they got dropped off of the bus and they're in the middle of fucking nowhere and you're standing in front of clouds and then it zooms way out and it's like <laughs> just this thing here and there's a mountain yeah it's like yeah. um what the fuck <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah excited at the very very beginning when the screen popped up and said that it was a topo production yeah i could that that threw me right off. I was like, wow, because I've been, yeah. uh, we've talked about the Criterion Collection and I, mm-hmm. I, I subscribed to that a couple of months ago mm-hmm. and been loving it and they have all the Godzilla movies. Oh, so I've been nice. going down, this, I, I'm watching all these films I loved as a kid. So when I saw the Toho logo, I got very excited. It mm-hmm. faded quickly, but I think when it said like the opening, like one of the opening uh, screens is, or titles is a movie because yes. you often <laughs> say it was a movie. Yeah, they don't, yeah. They're not that's yeah, that's not false advertising. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, this this movie would be would make like a great drinking game. Like take a shot every time you say what the fuck because <laughs> I would have been obliterated. I would have been trashed. Oh, I wanted yeah. that to be my quote. I wanted it to be what the fuck in Japanese, but I, there, apparently there is no word for fuck in Japanese. Uh, as a really? curse word. Uh, no. So I couldn't make it work. I wanted it to be my quote. I, yeah. I want to know, did any of you guys know that there were Shetland ponies in Japan? Or no. am I just an idiot? <laughs> I, I had no idea. I never I really considered it. <laughs> Me neither. I, I have to admit, like when I first saw this, um, first I, oh wow this is like a you know like just stylistically over the top film but i remember also being really off put and being like what the fuck when max head comes out of the well and bites uh what is it fantasy on the ass i was like what the <laughs> hell just happened and, and why then, is this going on and right. then continues to vomit blood all over the place yeah and- yeah at first i thought this is a completely different kind of movie than what I assumed it was going to be. Well, and I went into (laughs) this thinking that it was just horror and, Mm -hmm. and had no inkling that it was like labeled as a, like a horror comedy. And, you know, there was one point where Candy and I were sitting on the couch and we were laughing and I was like, I feel like I shouldn't be enjoying this as much as I am, (laughs) but like, I'm actually having a good time watching it just because it's like, there's so much random shit going on, you know? And it's like, like, no, like I'm, I can't keep up with the plot. I can't keep up with, with what's, what I think is supposed to be happening. I'm just along for the ride. Yeah. You've got to be in the moment. I had to keep updating David last night (laughs) on what the plot actually was. Because he was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I could definitely see, like, subsequent viewings of this making it even more enjoyable just because <laughs> once you yeah. get that once you get that first trip out of your system, you know, then you can actually go back into it, you know, a little more prepared. Um, I felt woefully unprepared when I <laughs> watched this last night. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. Like, um, I, I feel like I, I'm understanding the plot better than I, I had for a while, but I feel like the film just overwhelms you so much with all the different stylistic choices and just, just weirdness and also things that just cause cognitive dissonance like that that theme song that runs throughout the movie just seems so sentimental, maybe a little romantic, but it will be plain when something creepy is happening. Right. Um, yeah. There's just, there's just a lot of, um, a lot of distractions from the plot. And I think if the same plot had been done in a more like conventional horror movie storytelling fashion, it would be very easy to follow, but mm-hmm. just the way this film is put together is just um, very disorienting. Yeah, Although it's I very, assume, I it's assume very by design, though, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I and I know, like you know, especially with Japanese horror, like they stick to a lot of their mythology when mm-hmm. it comes to to you know the evil entity, you know the monster, whatever. And you see bits and pieces of that throughout this. Now, I'm not well versed on a lot of Japanese mythology. But there was the scene in the tub um, when Gorgeous is in the tub and you see like the hair, the black oh, yeah. hair come out. And like, I'm, you know, I'm thinking the grudge immediately, <laughs> you know, too. and and, you know, so I don't know, like, like, I guess maybe if I was more well versed in, in a lot, you know, a lot of their the evil mythology um, tropes. Mm-hmm if if some more of that would stick out to me but you know i saw bits and pieces of it here and there but you know a lot of it was just like like we said so surreal and the way that they did it i mean for 1977 mm-hmm. you know i mean a japanese film in 1977 doing some of the stuff they do you know we talked you, you dave you oh, mentioned yeah. the, the toho production like their guys didn't even have the ability to do some of the special effects that he wanted done in this film, he had to use his own crew uh-huh. in order to achieve some of the stuff that they did in this. Yeah, that's the most interesting thing to me about watching, particularly the very first Godzilla movie, is the, um, it was only, it was 1956, I think. So mm-hmm. just a decade after the atomic bombings and and the, apparently the Japanese film industry was in shambles and they made this movie that is such a, it's, when you watch it in that context of just being uh, just barely a decade after, you know, two of their cities were incinerated. Well, and, and then Tokyo with the fire bombings, but particularly the atomic bombs, it, it, it's so much more impactful. And this one has a little bit of that vibe with the, the uh, boyfriend going off yeah. to war. I mean, the, the Japanese, a lot of Japanese experienced that oh, loved yeah. ones going off and dying, particularly once the, it was obviously the war was obviously lost and they were still just sacrificing they're young yeah. men. It, it, I'm sure that those emotional scars still linger to this day. I mean, a lot of those people are still alive. They, yeah. Suffering through that. It's, it's interesting to watch how uh, films sort of show the, the, the subconscious or the, the underlying themes of whatever culture made them. You can kind of read mm-hmm. into it. So they have different, they have different hangups than we do. So that's why their horror movies feel different. They have different, um, different, you know, undercurrents, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting to watch. You know, we think of World War II, this glorious victory. Yeah, then they, you know, probably have a whole different feeling about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'd love to go. I'd love to go visit the um, Hiroshima 
Yeah. The, the, um, the memorial of that one building. I, I, can't, I don't know what that building was, that round yeah. dome building. That would be such a great thing. So but uh, not to get too deep, but you, some of that bleeds over to this film, too. Yeah. Right. And um, oh, yeah. What was it? Oh, yeah. I, I feel like I am probably still missing some cultural pieces. Like, I think one yeah. big, like, simple thing that I missed the first time around, and I, I was a film student and it's kind of programmed with this sort of like Western correspondence, like with colors. It's like, well, certain characters have white, there's a white cat, and uh, it, at least in Western films, white would be a symbol of purity or innocence. Right. In Asian cultures, it's a symbol of death, you know, at least potentially. Yeah. And it's like, well, that totally makes sense because that, that was one thing that kind of threw me off when I was watching it the first time. It's like, what's with the use of white? This is weird. It's like, oh, yeah, that's like cultural difference. Uh, and yeah. I do love the fact that this white cat is like this uh, harbinger of evil and literally <laughs> right. bad luck when it crosses uh, the one teacher's path and he comically falls down the stairs and gets the gets his ass stuck into a, a bubble bucket and can't go <laughs> yeah. off. Like, that's like yeah, it was like a, like a Benny Hill stand. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that animation that stopped. stopped yeah. yeah, that was uh, that was rather funny. But yeah, I'm sure there are other like other cultural things that are just over my head because I'm by no means an expert. Right. Well, which makes it more interesting. It adds to, it all adds to the flavor. Yeah. 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 Although with um, the whole setup of like, um, you know, like the, the girls, you know, have like a nickname that just explains their whole character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, and like the characters are so one dimensional and then they're undone by in some way by their main character trait. Um, like that's been used in a lot of American slasher films easily, like Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Those are very simple characters. You have a martial arts enthusiast. You have a, a smart, nerdy girl. You have the girl who's into bodybuilding. And it's like just those things are just the entire character. And then they get taken down by those traits. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you guys have seen the Thai film Sick Nurses, which was... Um, I don't know, 2007 or so. I, I love that movie so much, but like that's another one where these you have these very one-dimensional characters, and then they mm-hmm. they get filled in ways that are like corresponding to their personality traits. But in that one, they are not likable like the girls at house. They are completely obnoxious, monstrous <laughs> characters, and it's like you want that vengeful spirit to take them out. <laughs> Right. So like I love that movie and I that would be a fun one to cover um at some point too. Yeah. Oh, so so that's why the ant has white hair. Then you said it represents death, white. Yeah, yeah. He's also so it's like old honey. Yeah, but still her hair is obviously <laughs> white for a reason. It's a bad right, beat. right. Yeah, it goes from being like a, a black bob in the flashback scenes and yeah. then the you know, it's white. And first you think it's because she's much older than she was before, but I think it was also a symbolic choice and the cat's fur is white. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then and then even when gorgeous you know when when she comes back or when they see her after she she crosses over, she's in that wedding uh, the white kimono. wedding kimono, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and then she's she's completely in white. She was also wearing white when she becomes possessed too. Yeah, right. and that, that whole thing was like, oh, sorry, Crystal. No, you're fine. Oh, um, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt you, but that that element and also the fact that at first the ants in the wheelchair, and then she's up and walking around normally after the the first girl Mac, you know, disappears. 
And then uh, she straight up backflips up onto the rafters. Right. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that's what made me think of burnt offerings. And I, the, yes. um, I think that was an excellent novel adapted into an okay film starring Karen Black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the great Oliver Reed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's one where like this, the, the house in that is basically consuming yeah. the guests who live there to restore itself. And then at the end of that, Karen Black becomes the the vessel for the spirit of the house or for like the quote unquote mother, which may also just be the spirit of the house. But it's like, this is kind of similar. It's like after the first girl gets consumed, the aunt is more restored. She can walk, you know, easily and, and do more impressive things and doesn't need her wheelchair anymore. And then um, Gorgeous just kind of becomes the vessel for the aunt and the spirit of the house. So when I was rewatching that today, I'm like, oh yeah, there's this little slight, you know, similarity to burnt offerings, even though the message is different. I would say. I, I need to watch burnt offerings. I love Oliver Reed. Mm-hmm. It, a little off subject, but one of the scariest characters I've ever seen in a movie is his Bill Sykes in the uh, musical Oliver. Mm-hmm. Oliver Reed was a was a intense person. Yeah, some great <laughs> YouTube videos of him on British talk shows, just completely sauced. And not given two fucks. <laughs> hey, hey, you're uh, right. Oliver Reed was apparently uh, the real deal. Like he said, him, him, Michael Caine, and um, oh, yeah. act, uh, Peter O'Toole would go on these pub crawls that would last days, no. and they would just drink ungodly am- amount of booze and just those guys. Yeah, there was one movie that Oliver Reed did, and they he did that. He went on a pub crawl. And the film crew couldn't even find him for a week. Yeah, and Richard Burton was the same. Richard Burton was a buddy of his, also famous yeah. loser. Anyway, off subject, but I think Oliver Reed is a very interesting person. Yeah. Yeah, we, we brought up the music for this earlier, or the theme that that continues to go. And I told David halfway through the movie, once it kept going, I said they paid for fifteen seconds of the song, and damn it, they're going to use <laughs> it every time they use get. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll have a cat sing part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> That really is my ringtone. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's like, it's literally like this, this movie was like every, almost every scene. It was like, it can't get any crazier than this. And then it, it and then it just ups it. And then when it got to that, that scene with the cat music, I was just (laughs) like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like we have, (laughs) we have lost all sense of normalcy here. Like, like the, yeah. the dancing skeleton. Yes, oh, that was my yeah. favorite part. Man, he was in the back just jamming just... out when everybody was dying. Yeah, having a blast. Yeah, that's what I wanted my next party. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we book that dancing skeleton, please? No <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah it's so funny. Dave pointed out, like when we were talking about these one-dimensional characters, or that you know the nicknames that these girls have been given, or their whole character. He's like, why are they calling Mac fat? She's like five pounds heavier than everybody else. I know, and she's I said, not that big. <laughs> right, and I said, welcome to a girl group hierarchy. Like, you, you, you're you, one size above us? Huh, you're the fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> Your whole personality is you hungry and you eat all the time. Yeah. yeah. Now, why was it, I, I tried to look up why they called her Mac, and the closest I could come to was it's sort of a, a, a bastardization of the English word stomach. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's why they were calling her Mac. Because the rest of her were I thought gorgeous. it was like Big Mac sandwich or, or you know, something like that. That's but what I thought. Yeah. 
just, but yeah, I read. Yeah, I also read that it was like an abbreviation for stomach. But uh. and which yeah. is if he's chunkier than the rest of them, and she's eating all the time, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a little I, on those. I I want to talk about the piano scene. Yes, oh, yeah, I think we all kind of want to talk because about that, that that was <laughs> like I mean we left fucking orbit at that point. (laughs) (laughs) That skeleton's in the background, just getting it, getting it on. (laughs) And, and the, the thing that killed, you know, she's sitting here and she's, she's playing the piano and they kind of foreshadowed it a little bit because when earlier, when she was playing, she said it felt like, I think she said it felt like the piano bit her. Bit her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she's sitting there playing and we get all psychedelic. The keys start changing colors. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm losing my goddamn mind at this point. <laughs> and that thing just start the the, the 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 piano just starts fucking chewing on her hands. And she's yeah. just she just keeps going. It's okay with it. And and then that scene where she just like you get the front shot of her and she holds her hands up and her fingers are all chewed off and nice. she's just kind of she's okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's yeah, cool with she's it. She's like, ah, ha, ha, my fingers are going. Yeah, like, it's like, like what? What the fuck? That's not the reaction <laughs> I would have. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But then it just it just gets so much more batshit than that. <laughs> it like completely fucking devours her. Mm-hmm. What other movie are you going to see a piano eat a girl? I know. I, I it, it somebody now. I don't think I used this one. Um, and Dave, boy, these shitty reviews. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, bet, that. I bet this is going to be. You, you just but... wait. I had I had told Erica when she first got on. You know, there were a lot of them that were basically just like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Mm-hmm. But but there there are some there's some comedy gold in here. But one of them one of them was talking about one of them said something to the uh it was something like it's almost as if he watched Jaws and thought he could make that movie. And like like that's the piano, I guess is what they're talking about with Jaws. And there's I've never seen a movie where a piano ate somebody, but I've I've never seen a movie where a piano ate somebody and they became like part of the piano and like their body parts are sticking out of the fucking piano and they're like laughing and the song's still playing. It like it just batshit insane. Mm-hmm. I feel like this was an acid trip, but everybody forgot to give us the acid. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. we're watching someone else's acid trip. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and we wish we wish we could get in on it. Yeah. And the, and then you get the severed fingers playing the fucking song. Like this, the house was having a fucking blast. Yes. I want to party with the fucking skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you hear like the sound of like bones rattling or whatever, like. They superimposed over the the theme. Even when the skeleton wasn't in the shot, all of a sudden it's in the background, just jamming out. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like hey, girl, that's my song. Like, just so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Although, definitely. The, the, although the thing about the cat, we're all, all of us here are cat owners and cat lovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
aren't all of our cats trying to kill us pretty much all the time? Is it? That's not anything. All the time. Yeah. I, I feel that way that they're always trying to kill us. Yeah. I don't. I think that's anti-cat slander. Mine just want to cuddle <laughs> with me constantly. Really? Lucky. Yeah, they're constantly trying to trip me. They get underfoot. And <laughs> you wake up, you wake up, and they're standing on your chest, just staring at you. Like, I was trying to suck your soul out. Go back to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you ruined the mood. I almost had it. Go back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I if I ever see my cat flash those green eyes at me, yeah, like it's Blanche to does, it's I gotta go. <laughs> I like how we talked about that that sky that looks like Tara from Gone with the Wind mm-hmm. in the, the background of the apartment uh, with Gorgeous and her dad and all of a sudden before Gorgeous, you know, while they're pull, pulling the watermelon out of the well and actually turns into Max's head or whatever hmm. it's the same motherfucking sky <laughs> yeah. sky. you cannot tell me the view looks the same way out in the country as we are in the city. No, well, sir. due to budgetary constraints. Yeah, they paid some dude a couple hundred yen to paint that. They're using it. They're using it. Fifteen seconds of that song. Yeah, that you bring up you bring up another scene I want to talk about. The scene on the balcony with her dad. Now I I I am I have a stepfather, right? Mm-hmm. If if my mom were to show up and be like, I want you to meet somebody, this is your new dad. I probably would have reacted the same way. Me too. That she yeah. did. Um, and and so I thought, well, maybe maybe that's just a cultural thing. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if if maybe things are done differently there. Like you know, if your real parent dies, we're gonna you know we talked about this with Lamb. Like your daughter dies, so we just replace it with a new one with the same name. Like mm-hmm. you know, so it's like like this is your new mom. Well, and the dad even says, um, it's about time we had a home. Like, you can't have a home without it's a single mother. mother right. you know, yeah. like, that, that might be a cultural thing. Also, the 70s. Yeah. yeah he also kind of shoves, you know, pushes it under the rug and tells her, you know, it's been eight years since your mom died. Get over it. Yeah. Um, dad, I guess so. say in <laughs> Japanese culture, or at least maybe the... 70s or even before that it was looked down upon if you didn't remarry and remarry quickly yeah um, and i love the way the the, the new mother the, the new stepmom is always got a wind machine on her and every scene yeah. her that, that's funny does, <laughs> you know that, does, that, does, does that mean something did i miss some significance of that or is it just weirdness i think they're, they're trying to paint her in a light of purity and She's good and all this other stuff. It honestly reminded me of fucking Snow White. Well, that's interesting you bring that up. Yeah, the, the breeze is always just around her and blowing her scarf and everything, but it doesn't seem to affect anyone else around her. Right. right. It's a very, yeah, it's very, smile and a very localized like, breeze. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, she just needed birds landing on her. Yeah, you're helping with the chores. <laughs> That's all. But there were some fairy tale like things in this movie. The the, mm. oh, yeah. the stepmom, the the evil aunt, the evil cat, children being devoured. That's you know Hansel and Gretel, uh, Snow oh, yeah. White, all that kind of stuff. It, 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 also a bit of a Scooby Doo vibe too. Yeah, I thought. yeah. <laughs> we just needed them running across. 
different <laughs> into different rooms. Well, they kind of, I mean, there were some scenes where the, those girls were all over that fucking house and you'd get three of them would want to run into a room and then one of them would want to leave, but the other one didn't want to be alone, you know? So it was like, they're all kind of bouncing around, which I mean, craziest slumber party I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. that dynamic is just like my three cats so like especially when they were little little like clovis would run into another room and then panic because he can't see his sisters and he's right. very very sad but yeah. a little weirder behavior from humans though <laughs> yeah and you get um let's see i'm trying to think of some of the others uh one of the girls gets um killed by mattresses yeah yeah, yeah. wasn't wasn't that fantasy uh, no fantasy like it's not clear they don't show what happens to fantasy like i assume she's a goner but she's the one who approaches gorgeous at the end like thinking that she's oh, you know, gotcha. or and she's laying her head against gorgeous's naked breast you know? yeah 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 yeah, I think it was uh, was it Sweet who kind of gets pummeled by the mattresses and pillows. It might have been Sweet, yeah, and then, and then disappears into that clock and gets ground up by the gears. Yeah, which was now, an interesting like, scene. So the director yeah. used his ten-year-old daughter's ideas for this, and I understand like mirrors being creepy and um, the clock, but like he also like his daughter had a fear of being eaten by mattresses i didn't quite get that part why is that scary being covered in duvets i didn't think it was the mattress eating them i i just thought that maybe they fell on her um but and then the house just absorbed her so now she's part of the house like everybody else is that, sure. is that what happens yeah. sure. <laughs> well and then and then probably my favorite character kung fu um <laughs> she had the gets, best scene yes she gets sucked up into the light and next yeah. thing you know you just have her 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 lower torso you know doing a flying Liu Kang kick yeah it's a cat poster even after yeah, being cut in half is still the legs are still <laughs> yeah yeah God, One this. thing I liked is just how the characters just randomly lose clothes even though I don't think realistically their clothes would fall off yeah right that that gets brought up a lot in the reviews too yeah like like kung fu loses her skirt early on and then just stays in her underwear yeah you know i it's probably hot as hell they didn't look like they had air conditioning and the refrigerator didn't work i'd be in my underwear too (laughs) (laughs) oh the refrigerator worked all right (laughs) i love that i I love that look the aunt gives after she goes into the fridge and then she comes into the scene and kind of looks at the camera yeah yeah. breaks the fourth wall that's a great that was creepy as shit yeah but them sitting there eating the watermelon i mean who the fuck's gonna make a meal out of a watermelon i'm sorry i like good watermelon on a hot day but that's not a a meal it's a side dish watermelon is a dessert um (laughs) but when Auntie look over at me, she's got an eyeball in her mouth. Yeah. Yep. Oh, ma'am, fuck you. Swallow that glass eyeball. <laughs> You're about to get karate chopped in the throat. No, ma'am. Working it around like a gobstopper. Yeah. Oh, and she was intentionally fucking with that girl, too, because yeah. any, any chance she got, oh, yeah. she'd climb into that refrigerator. And yeah, that was. <laughs> Auntie was having a good time. Yeah. So what we're saying is this movie is weird. Movie is very weird. It oh, is yeah. very weird. 
Yeah, I th- like I said, I I want to watch it again. I don't know how soon I'm going to revisit it. Um, I need to I need to sober up. You need to but, decompress. As soon as you can yeah. find some more uh, micro dot. Right. <laughs> but but I do I do want to revisit it because again I think this is one of those films that that I'm going to have to go back and watch a, a second time to to bypass the insanity from the first watch and and pay more attention to some stuff in the background because I'm thinking yeah. that there's there's stuff in the background that like Crystal you talk about the skeleton I think there was a whole scene where I didn't realize until right at the tail end of that scene that that skeleton had been back there the whole time yeah, just doing and his thing and just partying there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of hidden little things like so on each subsequent watch. Um, the film kind of gets better and better for me and kind of ages like fine wine because you notice more stuff because you're not as shocked going, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> right. You know, you have yeah. time to look because on the train, A, there's a nun and David noticed the nun. And then he said, who the fuck is sitting beside her looking like an undertaker? And I went, Honey, that's a freak. That was a freak. He had that Zora hat. <laughs> yeah, the Zora hat on. Yeah. But also on the train in the first seat is a book that's looking at you that says horror movies. Yeah. It's got Peter we, Frankenstein on it. We did see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's a lot of like hidden things like that that's obviously telling you, look at what you're fucking getting into yeah. kind of thing. I, I pointed out to Candy that 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 old ass phone that she had. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. grandmother, my grandmother had a magnet with a phone exactly like that on her refrigerator. Wow. Yeah, that's that's old. School. I don't remember the phone. It says this movie's got a lot. It gives you a lot of stuff to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Auntie is wearing a horrible lace front wig. They did not blend that shit or <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Auntie, you should have done better. You've had seven thousand years here to to get this right. <laughs> this movie is it's like it was like it was directed by like a kid with ADD. It's like you're trying to figure out what just happened in the scene, and he's like, "No, no, come on, we got more to see. Come on, come on, we got yeah. more. Come on, yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about squirrels. Wait, I'm not done. Chipmunk. There's some deer. I'm still processing. Nope, gotta go. Yeah. And then that's probably why I I follow along with this movie so well um, because I was like okay yeah we can keep moving this movie I think is like an hour and a half maybe a little bit less it doesn't feel like it it moves very quickly the, it really the, does a lot of times you hear people complain that the movie moves too slow this one moves very fast so it goes by fast you have to pay attention mm-hmm. and I think maybe on a couple of scenes they could have just stayed just just a little bit longer let me figure out what's going on before you just jump and, and let auntie up into the rafters. Yeah. Auntie was spry. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, I, I thought it was funny how like at the beginning, everybody is going on and on about Mr. Togo oh, and yeah. Oh. The, yeah. the handsome what, what gentleman. And then you see him and he's got these killer sideburns. And mm-hmm. probably the least handsome thing I've I've ever looked at, and <laughs> I'm just like I'm like what what is going on here? Yeah, I was not sure why uh, like why the girls had this big crush on him and thought he was so cool. He's like he's not cool. 
Yeah. He's this movie's corn job. Um, <laughs> you know, I was sitting here like, oh, these um, at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, we got new Sailor Moon rejects. Yeah. Uh, the schoolgirl uniform. Then I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing? They're supposed to be like, what? Maybe 16. And he looks like he's pushing 50. Yeah. Mm. Like, what are we doing? And then the one, I think that's fantasy that keeps saying, oh, he's coming for me. He's coming for me. Oh, yeah. No, sis. Uh, <laughs> you get distracted by every fucking thing on his way. <laughs> she, has that, she has that daydream about him riding in on a white horse to yeah. rescue her, too. It's just like, it's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> one of those, these are, you know, teenage-ish girls. Um, they don't, I don't think they say how old they actually are, but I would assume somewhere around 16. Um, like, is he the only male that's ever shown them attention? So that's why they're like, oh, yeah, it's Yeah, I mean, it It, it could be. Like, it It was It was mentioned a lot in, uh, in the reviews about, you know, sexual exploitation, pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, we don't know how old these girls are. Um, apparently, I, I read somewhere that, that they were actually of age. Um, a lot of people were talking about they were underage doing the nude scenes and, you know, only sick people watch stuff like this. I did read that they were actually of age, um, to shoot those scenes and the actual, the, the scene, one of the girls apparently that was supposed to do the nude scene was kind of nervous about it. So the other, Um. one of the other girls said, look, I'll, you know, I'll get nude with you so you don't feel uncomfortable and she ended up getting a nude scene too because she was more willing to mm-hmm. do it um and you know i don't i don't think it was done uh, under ulterior premises i think it was it was done you know for the film like i guess an artistic mm-hmm. um as for artistic means um and you know people see that and they they want to take it but I, there are so many like um, you know American films where you have um, actors who are say around twenty years old or they can pass for teenagers and they do nude scenes and you don't hear people screaming about oh this is some kind of you know child exploitation or uh, exploitation of underage people. It's like it's yeah. interesting focusing that criticism on. You know, like a Japanese film. I just, I just didn't even think of any issue with it. I didn't assume that anyone was underage or you know wasn't legally able to do nude scenes. So and, and the little tiny bit of nudity in this film—it's not like it's—it's it's not even sexual. It's just right. she's in she's in a tub. People, yeah. When I take a bath, I'm naked too. Don't right. try to imagine. <laughs> yeah. Don't imagine it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and then you get like when Kung Fu, you know, we've got the legs kicking the cat and the cat picture in the face. You also have her naked torso spinning around. And then towards the end, we've got Gorgeous, who's um, like robe kind of slips off her shoulder or whatever mm-hmm. um, while uh, Fantasy's hugging her or whatever. But I mean, you can look at like 
um, Friday the 13th or whatever. Everybody's fucking naked in there. Well, yeah. <laughs> that's, the third, that's why I watched them. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's why a lot of people I mean, there's not very many horror movies where there's not some sort of nudity or breast mm-hmm. shown. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that whole uh, sex equals death thing, is that uniquely American in our movies? That In all those Friday the 13th movies, the kids have sex and then die. Is that a that's an American hang-up. That's also in Scream. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just that's uniquely American. Probably. I don't know if yeah. it's uniquely American, but I do think it's more common in American films as opposed oh. to, say, European films. Hung up on sex. It's like the the fact that girls are unmarried and like possibly virginal that makes them the targets because right. the spirit only preys on unwed women. So. Right. If they had been slutty or something, they would have right. been, been, been fine. Fun. That is kind of a reversal of, you know, like what we would be used to seeing in a lot of horror films. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because, you know, at the end of the film, we get the stepmom and her, you know, wind and stuff going out there. And it kind of ends like she's going to get consumed by the house, too, but mm-hmm. she's married. So like she, I didn't think she was married yet though. I thought she was about to get married. To, I thought, I thought well, that had, but, had she been did they mention she'd been married before? I, I don't when he said this is your new mom, I thought that they had already been that they uh, had gotten married. Maybe. I, I thought maybe they were um, you know, but about, she was also older. Yeah. True. So I mean she probably she's probably had some um, you know, relationships that maybe not necessarily married at that point. <laughs> right. There, there's a really interesting part that I didn't I didn't get until I was reading about this movie today. Ow. Is uh, when when uh, <laughs> there's cats everywhere. <laughs> when um, when gorgeous is, gorgeous is um, she's uh, reading the letter, or you you're hearing her narrate the letter that she gets from. Mm-hmm. She says your the letter says your aunt has been waiting for your letter. Come see me. That's that's almost like the house saying it. That like does sound. It. Yeah, yeah. It's that is a very strange way to phrase that. It's, like, and I didn't get it gonna, at the time, but after reading, I'm like, wow, that that makes a lot. It sounds a lot more like you said, burnt offerings, where it's the house really, mm-hmm. and I guess auntie and the house are sort of one at this point. I yeah, found that, that, interesting. that is an interesting moment because if you are one of those odd people who talks about yourself in the third person, you think you would be consistent, you okay. know, with that, not switch, uh, basically yeah, switch the type of pronoun being used. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, come see me. It's like, oh, okay, who's me? <laughs> well, you know, they they allude in the flashback while they're on the train. This was the grandmother's house. This is the house that Cortez's mom and auntie grew up in. So was the house kind of inherited you know when grandmother passed is this grandmother and aunties being kept alive by you know whatever uh unwed female spirit if female people come in here and she gets chomp chomp on chomp chomp yeah. and plus the house had been a uh a, 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 not a hospital but sort of a, a medical office Did right something about that and that's why there's that skeleton there that which had so much fun to the movie <laughs> man yeah. that skeleton was living its best life <laughs> it really was and still had eyeballs i was quite confused 
<laughs> yeah, maybe they, maybe they were glass eyeballs, but what an odd detail. Yeah, yeah. but it made it the skeleton. I don't think it would have been as funny if they didn't have the eyeballs yeah. in it. When talking about this movie, you say, what an odd detail. You need I to know, I'm just about to say, like, <laughs> in an ocean of other very odd details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an odd detail. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I've oh, got it. Realized, I'm so sorry. I just realized you, we talked about the scene with the mattresses falling, mm-hmm. right on yeah. on whomever it was. I, I think one of was, these girls. I, yeah, one of these girls said, "I found her underwear and picked it up, and she's sniffing it." Yep, we pointed that out too. Yeah, there's. Um, I just caught that. Just like yeah, that that's like. What are you talking about? Yeah. Did anyone else find the ending, like the the little voiceover at the end, kind of like also what the fuck, you know, like? Yeah. So it's like I get I get the fact, you know, like why uh, gorgeous, you know, doesn't like the the stepmom to be and also the aunt would prey on uh unmarried women you know so it's like uh, that part makes sense but that whole narration about you know the flesh may perish but love lasts forever we're remembered forever by our loved ones whatever however that goes i didn't write down the exact quote but i I thought that um that was such a weird quote uh you know to be paired with what just happened that was another thing where i was like what the fuck although i have noticed other asian films from that era also had weird little voiceovers at the end that didn't really mm-hmm. matter the tone right. of what just happened right it's probably translation uh and, and it's not translating properly or it's not like it just doesn't make any fucking sense right so like with but- the- yeah, I thought maybe the the love part is the fact that, you know, while the aunt had this deep love for her fiance and that she literally waited forever for him to come back and he's not coming back. So I thought, well, that's the only love that's like lasting forever, even though it's destroying everyone else in the film. But that's kind of the only sense I made out of it. But I, I remember that was another thing the first time I watched it. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, me me and Dave were cackling since you mentioned the aunt's lover fiance when they show like the pilot of that plane getting gunned down and then he's sitting back there like you motherfucker (laughs) 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 he he looks really bored I'm like he must die yeah (laughs) he looks really disappointed uh, yeah, that would be disappointing. Uh, another film that kind of had like a weird little voiceover at the end. Has anyone seen uh, Men Behind the Sun? Yes. No. Yeah. So that that was um, you know about Unit Seven Thirty One, and it's like the same historical events that were the basis for um, Andrei Iskanov's film Philosophy of a Knife. But at the end of that, there's this odd little quote, something like, history is history, but friendship is friendship. Something like that. And I'm like, where the fuck is the friendship in this movie? You just tortured a bunch of people to death. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that was another one where it's like, it's just just like a trope of um, Asian cinema of this era where you're just going to put a little voiceover quote at the end that seems positive, but it does not fit. Right. <laughs> it's, 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 we're gonna put this quote on there and 
Wish you the best of luck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Confuse the fuck out of everybody. Yeah. Confuse the round eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be honest with you guys. I am like chomping at the bit to read these shitty reviews. Um, yeah. Really- interested in them although i bet they will hurt my heart in some way <laughs> <laughs> uh do i need to wait for dave maybe um, maybe love to hear it I i'm sure he would unless he's is he is he remodeling the kitchen no Dave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like fuck this movie i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> 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 no, hey, Sean was waiting on you for shitty reviews. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. you're fine. We just I... figured you wanted to hear them. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. And oh, was, I did. That was my. That was my best, Wendy, honey. <laughs> Light of my life. I love that scene. Yeah, that's the best. Um, Crystal, you got you got one for us. <laughs> I wish I could just be the raving skeleton. Yeah, just just do the dance. So this this film, I didn't realize how big of a cult following this film had until I I started looking at like ratings and reviews. Holy shit! Like, I don't know if maybe this is just so highbrow that like it it goes over my head, but like Rotten Tomato score for this, the critics gave it ninety percent. Yeah, I don't. I, I just uh, <laughs> and the audience gave it seventy nine, and that I mean compared to a lot of the other generally loved horror films that we've we've covered, mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking high. Yeah, um, yeah. yes, it is. So we're we're gonna <clears throat> we're gonna go in raw right now. So bite the pillow, um, <laughs> Amber. And I'm going to read this one first because this is the one I shared with you guys just to give you a little taste. Amber says, what in the ever-loving fuck was that? Am I I missing something here? Why do so many people love this movie? Uh, Eric says, if the phrase just because they could have doesn't mean they should have was a movie, this is it. (laughs) That's all I have to say about this worthless pile of shit. (laughs) A little strong. Uh, murder charge says fuck all the way off. <laughs> um, Coba Carnage says, and th- this is a really fucking hot take. Um, this film is more embarrassing than Roman Polanski and Kevin Spacey getting on a plane to flee the country only to find Harvey Weinstein has the window seat. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, Although, Damn. Kevin Spacey just go, Cookie Cat says, this movie was trash. Did I have a stroke when reading all the previous reviews for this movie on the Godforsaken yes. site? Lord yes, knows 
Lord knows some people have exquisitely poor taste, but Christ, this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> to anyone that sincerely thinks this movie deserves more than an eye roll and scoff, fuck you. I want to I fight you. He, he I says, will meet I, you outside. I want to fight you. Your opinions are trash, and I hope your mother gets dementia so she doesn't have to suffer through this movie if you make her watch it with you. Meet me at the flagpole, bitch. Wow. <laughs> that, was a little, that was a little harsh. That's a little harsh, yeah. Adam James says, it feels like I stepped in a puddle of water with socks on. Endless agony throughout the whole thing. Oh, that's one of the worst feelings ever. It is. See, with me, I, I kind of like that metaphor. With me, the- it's blue <laughs> jeans. Wearing mm. wet blue jeans. Ugh, the oh, chafing. Yeah, mm. Awful. Awful. <laughs> the chafing. The chafing. Uh, Samuel Mitchell says, I personally don't think creators should be able to make clusterfuck smoothies and call them masterworks. <laughs> on, on the off chance... <laughs> On the off chance that there was a minor tear in the space-time continuum, the Earth froze over, and Obayashi actually had profound satirical intentions to jibe at the genre in literally the most extreme way possible, maybe this could be a two-star. The banana guy was interesting, though. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we were talking about the clutch. The banana guy. Um, Mark says, I wish I could give this film a zero. And I lost about 50 years of my lifespan experience. The fucking fuckery of this fucking film. (laughs) (laughs) God. Uh, B. Tota says, I could read the Bible while smearing shit on my face as my dad proceeds to shoot himself with a water gun full of piss. And it would make more sense than this movie. But whose shit is it? <laughs> Crystal asking all the tough questions. You got plot holes, son. Rob Zombie could make a movie out of that. He could. Phil Rockwell says cheap, incoherent, and tedious. Some will claim there is value in how over the top this film is. If you meet one of them, call the cops. <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, Martin Stevens. What an absolute steaming turd of a movie this is. It's a bad acid trip performed by Village Idiots and was a complete waste of my fucking time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I love these people. (laughs) I I, I said it before and I'll say this movie, I would have enjoyed it more if I had read up on it before I watched it. Right. I'm glad you because, really saw it raw. Because I spent a lot of time at work today, hope no one's listening, who I work with, <laughs> looking up, and, and a lot of it makes sense now after reading up and uh, listening to other podcasts about it and other videos about it, it, it makes a lot more sense than it did last night. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. All right. So we are going to go into reviews. Um, so as I'm sure everyone's noticed, Candy, the final girl, is not here tonight. Um, she has a scratched cornea and is Sounds dealing awful. with that. And I've been there. I think most of us have probably been there with eye infections yeah. and shit, and it is not fun. So she gave me a brief review. Um, she rates this 6.5 out of 10 severed fingers playing the piano. <laughs> um, she didn't really go into much more detail than that, but we did have a lot of fun watching this. Um, so I, I will say that for my review, 
I am probably, I'm going to toe the line with her. I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10 severed heads biting my ass. Um, <laughs> I, I, this movie was a fucking trip and I didn't know what was going on half the time, but I was okay with that. Um, I get a cat climbing over me. Um, I was okay with that. Um, it was enjoyable. We laughed. Um, we crinkled our noses. I furrowed my eyebrows a few times, like had, you know, there were some scenes where I was just absolutely like, what the fuck is going on? But it was, it was fun. I mean, I've had those movies where they've just been so out of whack that I just wouldn't even pay attention. Um, the movie pie comes to mind, um, mm -hmm. you know, but this was one of those movies where it was so fucking weird that it kept my attention because I, I needed to know more. I wanted to see more and they didn't hold back. Uh, so 6.5 out of 10 uh, severed heads biting my ass. I have a feeling my review will be the highest scores. I don't know if you want me to say it now or wait. No, it's your pick. You have to wait till last then. It's your choice. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'll go. I, I'm going to give it a five out of 10 film school classes that I need to take. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel that I, I don't feel that I'm qualified to judge this movie. Tell you the truth, I it's there's a lot going on that I just don't. I'm I'm not a film student. I'm not a filmmaker. I, I think I don't think I'm qualified to speak on it. It's just it's so strange. There's cultural stuff that that I might not be getting because I'm not Japanese. It, it, it's also uh, you know there, what forty years fifty years ago, forty five years ago that the film's made. So there's that. I, I I I've said it a couple of times. I think after reading up on it, I get it more now. Last night it was I had no fucking clue what was going on. It was just like just one little fever dream after another. I, I get it more now. I think if you haven't seen this movie, maybe read up on it a little bit. You're not gonna ruin it with spoilers. Just read up on it first to know what you're getting into. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just, I'm not qualified to judge this movie, to tell you the truth. And it takes a big man to admit that. <laughs> 70s were 50 years ago, honey. Yeah, 50, 50 77. said 35. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Guilty. Um, for me, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 disappointed backseat pilots. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I enjoy this movie, but, it, you know, it's probably, I think, right now is my fourth time seeing it but you know third time and every time you watch this movie you notice something different and you pick up on more um you pick up on more of the story it's easier to follow you see the little you know like easter eggs that are sprinkled throughout the film you know i yeah i kind of give it up for my raven dancing skull uh skeleton uh mm -hmm. in the background if that man does not make appearance uh, at a party soon, I'm gonna be upset. Um, <laughs> I need a dancing skelly. Um, but it, it, it's a good story, and I think if you read a synopsis of the story, it's still not gonna prepare you for the movie if you've never seen it. And I think if they tried to remake this today, you know, probably the charm would be taken out of it. <laughs> but I think it's a great story that someone could do something with and be profitable, but it, it's not going to be this. It's not going to have the um, surrealism that, that this does. Um, and 
And today I learned uh, that there are Shetland ponies in Japan. Um, so there's that. I learned something. <laughs> <laughs> for when it comes up on Jeopardy, right? Right, right. <laughs> so for me, it's eight out of ten disappointed backseat pilots. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Erica. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I have to give this ten out of ten demonic cats. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, you know, like the first time I watched it, I would not have scored it anywhere near that high because I was also just saying, what the fuck? Why is this <laughs> so weirdly slapstick? Why, or why are the animations so bad? Um, you know, like just things that just were really confusing or just kind of strange choices on the part of the director. But after repeat viewings, it's like, I, yeah, I totally dig this. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely one that you can appreciate more with repeat viewings if you have the patience for repeat viewings. <laughs> right. Not everyone does, uh, but yeah, I, I love um, like the, a lot of the visual style is gorgeous, very dreamlike. Like the soft focus filter, the painting backdrops are uh, cool. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's just such a unique film. Um, I don't know how else to put it. It's just I haven't really seen anything else like this. Yeah, and it, I, I don't think it should try to remake it because they're they're not going to be able to top the unique qualities. Um, absolutely not. That, no, this is definitely one of a fucking kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, now, if you guys don't mind, Nico has been trying to get in. I think he wants to come in and say hi. Oh, cool. I just wanted to, I wanted to wait till everybody was done. Oh, I, I, has he seen this? I can't. I'd love to hear what he has to say about it. I it's foreign film. I doubt it. Very uh, <laughs> yeah, usually doesn't go for that. Hey, Nico. Hello. There he is. Nico, what's going on? I just I missed everybody. I haven't seen y'all in forever, and I just wanted to pop in and say what's up. Um, yeah. the, uh, uh, kiddo and I say hi. Hi. Hey. hi. We've, we've been hard at work. Um, I'm going to give you my uh, James Gunn video here for a second. <laughs> we, we've, been, we've been hard at work shooting some of the teaser trailer for the past few days. Oh, nice. So we're going to go more hardcore this weekend into like hopefully getting everything fully wrapped up. But it's it's been a fun process with um, doing like the blood effect and not, not to give too much away of, of what's going to be in there. But it's it's been... Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun doing this with with her. So hell yeah, awesome! Yeah. I can see it all over your face, man. But uh, yeah, she, um, you know, it's, it's like it's like the horror that binds us, and it's like I couldn't be prouder of like having like my my kiddo. Like, yeah, out. that's that's an awesome bonding experience right there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So how's everybody doing? Good. We just okay. talked about one of the fucking most fucked up movies I've ever seen. I see your name is watermelon on here. Okay. You've never seen Hausu, so <laughs> you wouldn't no, get it. House. I've seen the the Sean Cunningham. Yeah, no, no, this is not that. That's not this. I have Blanche over here. Hi, Erica. Oh, Erica, we got a new little kitty. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, hang on. I'll have to show you. I'll have to send it in the um in the group chat, but it's a little okay, black. Yeah, yeah well, I'll send it in there. Wonderful. Um How's Dave and Crystal doing? Perfect. Perfect. I literally have no idea. Okay. 
Well, yeah. That's where it's we're at. It's the acid trip that you didn't know you needed. <laughs> I should hopefully be able to be back fully by next week. I mean, I, I've just been a little bit busy between doing this um, with the teaser trailer and I do have that event that I have to vend at that I've been kind of hauling ass and doing like a shit ton of pumpkins. So, like, that's also mm-hmm. been like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Dude, so uh, it's been nonstop. Did you, you went to see Christine? Yeah, I took her yesterday to go see it. She never, she, Adri has never seen it. So, like, it was her first time seeing it. What'd she think? So, you could ask her. She's right here. Oh, I really liked it. I love the movie. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Oh, Christine's a great, great film. Yeah. 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 Harry, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Cheyenne loves uh, Christine. Yeah. How you figured out the Halloween ends connection? Oh, yeah. They look like the same exact person. So I, I told her how Halloween Ends was basically a Christine like remake ripoff, right? right. Down to Corey Cunningham and Arnie Cunningham, and yeah, that's funny. And like on the way home, she was like, "Oh yeah, that's why that sounded so familiar." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> Gordon Green decided he was going to do a love letter to Carpenter's movies, but really he ripped off Christine from the beginning to the end, and then realized he was making a Halloween movie and had to put Michael Myers back in there somewhere. Christine, that scene where it's on fire, just slowly stalking uh, the bully whose name, I can't think of his name, uh, Buddy Ripperton. Yeah. It's just, and the car's not even in a hurry. It's on fire and it's not even in a hurry. That's a great no. scene. Yeah. My, uh, classic scene. The other co-producer, Amy, was with us yesterday to go see because it's like one of her favorite horror movies of all time. And like, when that scene came up, when Christine is chasing Buddy, when it when it's on fire, she leaned over and she's like, "I get chills every time I see that scene." I'm like, "Because yeah. it's like an amazing shot of it." And, and the music thing. too, the music in right. the background. That's gone. Right. Yeah. Without that like score, you know what I mean. So, like, it was kind of cool. But I was also telling Adri how like um, the um, the the book has you know a lot more of Dave's favorite backstory stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, yeah. And, there, the and there's some there's some differences. So she like I was gonna start telling her and she's like, well don't tell me I want to read the book. And I was like, all right, well we'll we'll let you read it on your own. And yeah, you Darnell's know. death in the book is way better than in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> the junkyard guy. Although yeah. this is also the same kid that I she asked me to watch American Psycho and I was like absolutely not. You can watch it on your own but I'm not going to watch it with you. That's going to be an awkward <laughs> experience. Yeah. I tried to explain to her that this was similar to, I don't think I've ever told you guys this story. So back in the, in the VHS days in my high school days, when Showgirls came out. Yeah. Yeah. My, my stepdad rented it. Oh, oh, awkward. So so <laughs> I, watched it. I, I, he, he put it in. no, no, that that's what she said jokes there um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so he put the movie in and it was me him and my grandmother oh, oh wow, wow. watch this movie for the whole two hours and whatever and the three of us just kind of got up walked away like it never happened <laughs> we will never speak of this again <laughs> and like i kind of explained to, to adriana like this is kind of like you know, watching American Psycho would have been kind of similar to that. Maybe not as like hardcore, but I, I was like, if you watch it, watch on your own. So she watched it. I went to bed. She watched it, loved it to the point. She went out and bought the book 
with her own money because we were at Target. I got her oh, a Darth Vader no. Funko Pop, and then we found the book, and she was like, oh, look. I'm like, well, look, you have your own money. I'll get you one, and you can buy the other. Which one do you want to buy? And she paid for American Psycho with her own money. Yeah. Read the book, like, cover to cover, and loved it. That's awesome because Brett Easton Ellis is not easy to read. No. no. Like, that- I'm trying to read it, and I'm like, what the hell? It, it, it's almost reading like if – it actually, it's almost reading like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how he's basically like, it's almost like a screenplay, like completely written out. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's so it's funny, too, because when you read it, like you're like th- three pages deep and he's just describing like the suit that he's wearing. And, <laughs> you know, he'll yeah. spend two and a half pages talking about, you know, Huey Lewis in the news or. <laughs> oh, and like all about the one chapter where he's um talking about like his um his skin like <laughs> hair yeah, yeah that's skin yeah. so yeah, yeah i don't know but it's been kind of cool because like for the past like couple of weeks like i've actually been showing her stuff for the first time that she's never seen like i showed her um the monster squad she thought it was cool she she enjoyed it for what it was. I showed her La Bamba for the first time because she, oh, she yeah. had no idea. And when the end happened, I was I saw it like the waterworks coming and like I kind of pushed it. I was like, You're gonna cry? You're gonna cry? No. And she's like, I wasn't a no I am. And like she was falling. <laughs> but like when I went to Monster Mania, I got her an autograph from Blue Diamond Phillips and he put like <laughs> oh Adri, oh Adri on there for her, like Aww. instead of O'Donna. And I told him, I was like, oh, I showed her the movie for the first time. And he's like, oh, cool. How old is she? I'm like 16. And he's like, what was her reaction? I'm like, she was already sad by the ending because she had no clue. But I made it worse when I asked her, was she crying? And then the water would <laughs> come out. And, and now Don McLean's American Pie makes sense, finally. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I'm also going to, because in, in the same day, we watched Monster Squad La Bamba. And then I showed her the greatest movie ever made, The Last Dragon. Oh. Uh, I was like so worried. I'm like, I'm like, listen, if you don't like this, I understand. But like, this is like my my real favorite movie of all time. And by the end of it, she was like, yeah, she's like, I see nothing wrong with this. It's it's it was so much fun. Yeah. Like she started jamming out to the soundtrack on her own. Hell yeah. So awesome. I have I have the 4K coming on Tuesday because it releases on Tuesday, like in that field book. So I finally got it. So it's on its way, and she's like excited to watch the glow in 4K. Fuck yeah! And then um, I showed her Psycho Gorman for the first time, and yes. she absolutely loved it. Yeah, like loved it. She was like, "This movie is awesome." That's so she good. Loved, she loves Mimi. <laughs> yeah. Well, who doesn't? Mimi is really? fucking she awesome. Was, she was yeah. cracking up during all the gore scenes <laughs> when it was like over the top. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny because I she watched Terrifier two while I was working the one that day. Was, and I was like, that was my she, next question. I was going to ask if she'd watched that I, yet. I did, and I, I had it was on Peacock, so she watched it. And I mean, you could even ask her. She's she's right here if you want to ask her. Ask What'd you think about Terrifier two? I thought it was okay. Was just okay. okay. Yeah, just okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not for everybody. That's okay. Yeah, we'll I, let it slide. I liked it. it just didn't like, I don't know. It's just okay. Yeah, yeah, I have to admit, I'm not fully on board the Terrifier uh, train, I gotta say. Yeah. The second one. The first one, at least, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not 100% on board. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I drunkenly asked the director of Terrifier 2, who mm. I had to blow to get some of his birthday. She shape. had to offer to blow. She didn't actually blow him. <laughs> offered to blow him to get some cake. And honestly, God like cake too. So Dave of me asking and getting cake. <laughs> Actually, you know what's funny? I showed her she had never seen arachnophobia before. Oh, that one fucked me up when I was John little. Goodman. Oh, she fell asleep. Yeah, John Goodman. That opening, the opening uh, bit from arachnophobia is, is epic filmmaking. Oh yeah, but from she fell asleep. From and the I was like, point of view. I was like, did you did you not like it? She's like, well, it was okay. She goes, honestly, it put me to sleep. <laughs> So I was like, oh, okay. Although I, I am finding out for the first time that she discovered Sleepaway Camp on her own. And she's like in love with that movie too. And she's like a huge, I'm taking her in December to meet Melissa. But, you know, if if and when we actually get to have her on the show, because I know we've been kind of working on that, I'm going to have her on with us to kind of just chill so she can kind of like see her like, you know. We met her that daughter. way. Yeah, but what else did I show you for the first time? I've been telling you a bunch of stuff for the first time. I've been like a little leery about, not leery, but like not. So I tried to one of the first clerks. She was not into it. We actually shut it off. Aww. Well, you got to figure like the, the second one's probably going to be the one she's going to like the best anyway. Because, yeah. You know, and you, the second one is my, her, my favorite of the three. So. He's shown her dogma. Dogma. You, we like, can't find yeah. it. It's still with the rights issue. We can't find it. We want that oh, somewhere. Is it, is it the production company that shall not speak its name? Yes. Um, but yeah, we it's watched one it somewhere. We and Dave people. watched it somewhere. Dogma she would like a lot. But, well, sounds um, for Alan Rickman. Hmm. So, um... Professor Snape. Oh! Okay. Candy, look, look who's here. Hello! Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I think of what else did, it, did we show you for the first? We were going over what we showed Adri for the first time, like since she's been here. And Psycho Gorman was like one of them. She like absolutely like fell in love with that movie. I love that movie. She loves Mimi. That was a good one. Um, we went over. I showed her surprise. La Bamba for the first time. I showed her um, Monster Squad, The Last Dragon. She loved. She didn't like Clarks. We were just talking about that. It's Until you show her Romero's Day of the Dead, you are failing. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've seen that on your own, didn't you? The the George Romero Dead movies. I know you saw yeah. Night. You've seen all three? Yeah. She's seen all three. All right. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A ask her the all-important question. Which of the three? Oh, that's a, that's a tough one. No, which one? Did you like the, the best? Which one of the three is your favorite? Night, Dawn, or Day? Dawn, really? Okay, Dawn. All right. Awesome. I, you know, I, I accept that answer because I would not be able answer. to pick. I would not be able to pick. So that's why so any children. answer would have been, yeah, that one's my favorite. How yeah. about all have children. you shown her Frankenhooker? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> I have to. I gotta, I gotta show her that at some point. I mean, she saw American Psycho. Yes, and brain damage. Brain damage, yeah. That's oh, the yeah, well, right away. Yeah, I don't even have Shutter anymore. Is Brain Hooker on Shutter? 
It, it was, was. I, but you know how <laughs> shit comes and goes. To, and that's all right. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll brain damage when when he makes the kid crawl across the floor in that hotel room literally brought tears to my eyes. That's that to me felt like what I cried during like. the episode. But it, yeah. it's a crazy movie. It's silly, but God, is it powerful? Yeah. And yeah, you know what? Good. And you got to show her the all-time best movie, Maniac. Yeah. Not the Elijah Wood one, the original. Oh, the original. For the first time. Breathing. Um, Yeah, so Ash just saw it, um, I think, over the weekend for the first time, and he he was into it. All right, so she's never seen Maniac, so I guess we're going to have to watch that. Disco Boy. I um, I, I (laughs) would like to try to show her Street Trash. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> I think, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be really curious to see her reaction to street yeah, trash. Street trash is, yeah. Oh, you know what? I did show her for the first time last summer, and she was like, like, but but she wasn't bored, and she was like, she's like, okay, it was a dead alive. I love yeah. dead alive. It's fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, I told her, and I was like, by the way, I'm like, this is the same guy that gave the Oscar to for the Lord of the Rings. She was like, yeah, yeah, it's the like, same oh, yeah. You liked it, right? Yeah, she, she liked it because at first she was like, um, but like it was cool because like when we got the um, the Creep Show 4K from Scream Factory, we popped it right in, and like she's very much like like me when it comes to like that kind of stuff. So like when like the when even like in the beginning, like we saw the difference already. And like when Nathan's coming out of the ground for the first time during the Father's Day segment, we were like, holy shit, like the colors are like literally jumping off the screen. That one, yeah. Well, you shooting Kurt. I, I, I did. I was, my, my exact words were, holy fuck, look at this. And you got to see <laughs> like, Ed Harris dancing in all that glory. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she's a big, you like Freddie. Yeah. She likes Jason. I've she got, likes Michael um, Moore. I've got Taryn on right now. I went and changed my shirt. Unfortunately, I can't stay. I just I'm not feeling well tonight. Um, I got this whole eye fucking thing going on, and mm-hmm. I was in there kind of like going do some shit, like laying down, and man, I gotta go to bed. I am just like dead on my feet. I am so wiped out. I actually just popped on to say what's up to everybody because I haven't seen anybody in so long and I missed every you know, I missed you all you guys, so you know. Yeah. Even well, though even though we, we talk mostly, you know, pretty much daily, but still, you know, like Yeah. It's not the same as like But I was right. And other. I was telling these guys how Adrian and I have been working on the as you know, on the on the teaser. Joy. And I I'm like on a time crunch with these pumpkins, so it's getting to be like a lot now. Well, look at the little kitty. Yes, she's so little. Oh, uh, she's so pretty. <laughs> Wait, matter of fact. Oh, oh yeah, I gotta see your new kitty. <laughs> Marcellus. Come here. Come here. Come here. Baby. How do I switch the... Switch the... I don't know. Which there is... Oh, Joy. Ah. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, hi, cutie. <laughs> oh, my cutie. And, and yes, he is named after Marcellus Wallace from Pulp Fiction. Uh, I was just going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, his actual name is Marcellus Wallace. Oh, that's too cute. Brenda's <laughs> name is Humphrey Bogart. Bean's name is Rhaegar Targaryen. Because um, we like Game of Thrones. Um, 
House Targaryen, but um, BB, I just gave up and just named him BB. I knew he was bad from the <laughs> one, and that was that. Oh, Erica, I did post it in the chat so you could see it. Oh, okay. Oh. Our, 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 our name is her name is Ophelia. Oh, nice. That's cute. It's a nice name. I just put my phone someplace weird. Apparently, one second. I think I think I put it in the other room when I was on the cat vomit patrol a minute ago. Uh, that's a constant it. in our house for oh, sure. Yeah, Brenda loves puking. Oh, look at my big chonker. Baby, that's what I want you to look yes. like. Hi, baby boy. There's, Hi, there's baby. a baby. See that cat? That's going to be your future, baby. <laughs> you start getting fat right now. <laughs> Baby's like, I just want to jump on the computer, Dad. Why won't you let me? Oh, he went through halfway through the episode. It was oh, yeah. hilarious. Oh, um, Baby's kind of an asshole. That's why his name is Baby. So no, is uh, remember so Deadly Friend. Who would on purpose yeah, have anybody it. anything from Deadly Friend? But us. Oh, hey, baby. Oh, you're so wild. You're so wild. Yeah, because they shut their skin. So she just told me that she wants to get a pet snake and name it Bubba after Texas Chainsaw because, like Leatherface, they shut their skin. Yeah. Nice. That's clever. Apparently, I'm, I'm, I'm doing something right here. I don't know. I don't want to even take credit for that one, but, you know. She's, you know, <laughs> yeah. She's very much into into the horror with us, so you know. Well, good. Um, well, yeah, I, I just, I just did okay to... with our three. They're the same, yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there, there, there could be worse things that she could be into. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Like we always do about our kids. I mean, Ash is close to her age, and you know, he's the same way. So. Cool so what's shit, what I know before? What's what's I know I know um what's next week? We Night of the Creeps. Night of the Creeps, and okay. I already called Thrill Me. You ever see that? You guys know. It's a, the the guy keeps saying Thrill Me in it. Tom Atkins. Yeah, she like, hasn't seen it. Like She's like God. Oh my God! Night of the All Creeps right. is such that this a weekend. fun. Like I could watch that over and over on repeat. Every day, so I, 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 I feel terrible because in the background it's on now. But um, officially, as of last Thursday, but really Sunday, you know, it's it's it, we're, we're, it's it's the foosball now. Oh, for me. Yeah. So you know, Cowboys. So Cowboys. That's right. So she's she's already like rolling her eyes anytime Sunday is now. She's like, I guess I'm going to do something else. Literally, besides uh, hang out with well, you. I don't so. blame her because that shit's boring. She only deals when she has to win because she, she's in the school band, like the marching band. So she <laughs> does like the Friday night games when she when she has to. Otherwise, she she will not she will not deal with it. But um, but Saturday afternoon, I'm taking her because it's Batman Day. Mm-hmm. They're they're releasing awesome. they're releasing the um the Dark Knight trilogy in theaters on Saturday only. We have here in Atlanta, the uh, ASO is going to do the music from the first Batman. Oh, with the movie? That's really cool. No, just the music. Just the music. That's pretty cool. What are you doing? Yeah. When we saw Christine yesterday, I guess, like, they have, like, their lineup for, like, Halloween coming up. So I know um, The Exorcist is coming back out in theaters. Yeah. I kind of want to see it in theaters just to say I've seen it. But I really don't want to see that new piece of shit. I don't. David yeah, I don't does not really need to fucking fight. 
plus. Oh my god! Yeah, we showed about the the new one, right? Yeah, it looks Ugh. terrible. Ugh. I want to see like the original in theaters because because I've never seen it on the big they, screen. I have a list of movies. They on. also they announced um, what we don't House of a Thousand Corpses is coming up for the twentieth anniversary this in October. The I'm bird. giving you guys that one in season seven, just so you is know. Is that a Rob Zombie joint? Yes. I want to see it. But I've um, got to do, I've got to uh, run, yeah? guys. I love you, and it's been so good to see you all. I'm sorry, I'm just not feeling super great, so I just need to grab me. Yeah, definitely get some rest. Yeah, yeah I'm definitely. sure I'll feel better tomorrow. It's just, it doesn't hurt as bad right now, but it may be because of medication. Um, but I'm sure I'll feel better in the morning anyway, so. All right, good night, sis. All right, good night, guys. I love you. Good night. Good night. I'm gonna take else. Right. So. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs>